welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief. Um, today we have a, an amazing guest. Her name is Nicole Buchanan. She's a comedian. She's like a roast battler queen, princess <laughs> champion. I feel like princess is like not the appropriate, but like she's a she's a beast and she's dope as fuck so uh welcome to the podcast today nicole thank you for having me my goal is basically i just want to talk to comics and people who are funny about experiences in their life that they've gone through in regards to like mental health because i feel like there's still such a taboo around it for whatever reason even though we all have mental health um so, and from like we were talking about off air, I listened to your episode on Nikki Glazer's um, radio show. Is that mm-hmm. it's her the radio show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably like a year, six months to a year ago, and I remember just being like, "Wow, like she's so fascinating." I can totally relate to like so much we were talking about and your experiences, and like just like the pressure that you put on yourself with like when it comes to like your family and just like like I can totally relate to that. So I really wanted to like hear you know, like what, um, like your experience, like, cause I do, uh, did you ever go to a psych ward? I did. Yeah. Uh, I did after a a suicide attempt, I was in a a psych ward. How old were you? Uh, this actually wasn't that long. It was maybe three years ago. Oh wow. So this is recent. Yeah. When I, I was 12 when I went to the psych ward Mm, and I, you know, it's different. Like I think, as a kid, I can only imagine because like as a kid, it's like you don't really know what's going on ever because you know? yeah. you're a kid and you're just like trusting adults uh, to kind of, you know, guide your life. But as an adult, I can only imagine, um, you know, you get to a point where you're like, I need fucking help, you yeah. know, and that takes such strength to like admit that to yourself. It you does. Know? I think that's the thing. Because I I feel like I've come a really long way in a very short amount of time when it comes to my mental health. Obviously, I still struggle with it a lot, but I think one of the biggest changes I've made is reaching out and yeah, advocating, just telling people when I need help. And it's one of the hardest things to do in any situation, not even just with mental health and anything, anything. Just admitting that you're fucked and you need help is so hard, and it makes people feel weak. But it, it's not. It's a uh, it's a sign of strength and and letting people help you can save your life. <laughs> like I, can- Yeah. I mean, I also just think like, you know, mental health is such a, t- a taboo topic, but it's like we're surrounded by it. We're surrounded by, you know, we're not prepared as humans, I think, growing up to like handle life's most you know, tragic moments, like how do we emotionally regulate ourselves and like, you know, um, how do you prepare for these moments? And I think that a lot of these issues get pushed under the rug, especially growing up. And, you know, for women too, I think it's also, um, you know, it's intimidating to want to like advocate and ask for help, I think. So you said recently you went to here in Los Angeles? Um, it was in, I think the, the psych ward that I went to was in Long Beach. Was in Long Beach? And that was your first time? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I had already been getting treated for mental health. Like I had already been getting, I was on medication. Since you were a kid? depression. No, I actually, I started taking medication, um, maybe when I was, uh, like my second or third year of college. Um, and it. It's weird because I think as a kid, my parents would always like refer to me as a a emotional child. Like we never knew like what it was. I knew that I was different. I knew that I had a harder time dealing with things emotionally than most people. Right. I knew I cried more than most people. I knew and like I and uh, I would be referred to as sensitive or Mm -hmm. emotional or, you know, whatever. And uh I, I remember like maybe in like middle school or high school, something like that. I, I told my mom, I was like, I think there's something different going on with me mentally. And she was like, no, you're just like an emotional person. But then my mom did go through nursing school when I was in middle school. And then it just it seemed to get worse and worse, especially when I got into college. And the first time I moved away from home um, when I was like my junior year at UCLA and 
it just got to the point where I I didn't go a day without crying at least twice and I didn't want to leave my room my roommates didn't want to live with me because I was I just didn't clean up after myself I wasn't I didn't want to go out like they were my friends before we moved in together and they were always like trying to get me to go out and I'd be like no I think I'm just gonna stay in here with the blinds closed and the lights off and like I would lock myself in my room and watch comedy um and this was before I started comedy and uh that was like the only thing that would like kind of help me escape but yeah and then at that point was when I I started going and seeing someone and then I got uh, a medication that was like really new Mm -hmm. um and I think it was like a medication that like that particular doctor was just like pushing like you know they make deals. he was getting sponsored yeah like they make deals <laughs> like with, his kickbacks yeah with the with like certain you know companies. pharmaceutical companies and because she had like samples uh and so she gave me like free she like, like samples she, you say goodbye first. to her and she's driving off in like a sponsored <laughs> <Yeah>. car <laughs> you're like cool depot coat fucking yeah, vehicle like, vehicle that sema on the hood <laughs> yeah but no yeah it was it was definitely like a different it like it it was it was a newer it was did it help you at first I thought maybe it was it felt like I was on speed like it was just my heart was always racing and then like I could like I could just like feel it in my chest all the time and like uh, if I was like I, I had trouble sleeping it was like a lot it was like very I was very up and then I like crashed at night no, just like in general, like I would, I would get, it gave me like really high highs and then I would crash and then have oh, like wow. even lower lows. So did you come off that? I did. Yeah. Well, once, uh, so that was when, when I, while I was on that was when I tried to kill myself. Okay. Yeah. And- because they say, you know, like I'm not anti-medication by any means, but I have experienced that as well where a lot of the medications I was on, cause I started taking pharmaceuticals for ADHD when I was five and then I was diagnosed bipolar when I was 12 mm-hmm. so I was taking lithium at 12 oh, and like yeah. all of these like they don't prescribe duty. that anymore do they not really okay yeah um because I developed a thyroid problem mm-hmm. and like had to like get blood tests I gained 20 pounds and I was always a very like lanky kid yeah and just like <laughs> my mom took me to Weight Watchers and I was like the youngest person in Weight Watchers <laughs> it was literally horrifying but um yeah, I think that sometimes, and then when I got to college and officially came off all pharmaceuticals, I was 24 and I remember thinking like, I'm on this medication because I'm not supposed to kill myself, but all I want to do is fucking kill myself. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not in any other sense, you would stop doing whatever this is doing because yeah. it doesn't, it's not working. It was crazy because I, I was definitely depressed, but I had never had suicidal thoughts before right. I got on that medication. And uh, I definitely like you really have to be closely watched when you're starting medication, when you're changing medication. And I kind of had a psychiatrist who just didn't give a fuck really. And like she, I, I don't know, like it's, it's insane. Cause now I have one that's awesome. And yeah. I've cried in front of her and been like, I wish all mental health professionals were like right. you because yeah, the one I had just didn't really give a fuck. She pushed the medication on me that she wanted to push on me. She, like, didn't really follow up. Yeah. Um. There were a couple times where I called her office and I never got a call back. She's just there for a paycheck. Right. Yeah, I called her office and, and she didn't call back. And then, like, I started to miss appointments and she never, like, followed up and tried to, like, figure out why. Right. Like, it was just she was so hands off and I, and I just started spiraling on this medication. That's and uh. And then, uh, yeah, it, it got to that point. And then when I was in the hospital, um, they couldn't for like four days, they couldn't get my heart rate to slow down. It was like I had like a 140 something like resting heart rate. And it's supposed to be like, I think it's supposed to be like 70 yeah, or something. That's crazy. Um, and it turned out it was because of that medication. So it wasn't just affecting me mentally. It was affecting me physically. Like Could I have had given like you a heart attack. crazy high resting heart rate. Yeah. yeah. And so. You uh, were like burning so many calories. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've never done cardio in my life, but it feels like all I've been doing. Is oh just my God. Like, I didn't even think about that. I definitely did lose a lot of weight during that. Yeah. Time. Cause you're, that's, um, that's why like all those, med- when you're put on like Adderall, like as a kid, I took Ritalin and Adderall and like people thought that I had an eating problem. I'm like, no, I'm just doing legal meth or yeah. speed at five. Well, I'm know? prescribed Adderall. Cause I was, I actually was 
just diagnosed with ADD, really? which is so weird. I feel like not many people get adult ADD a diagnosis as an adult. Yeah. Cause like what the first time he said it was weird. Cause it was when I started going to this like new psychiatrist and he was like, I like I was there to talk about like my depression. Cause I just uh, had a second bout of suicidal thoughts. This time I didn't try. I reached out. Yeah. And, um, how do you cope with those? It's, it's hard because in those moments you're not thinking logically right. at all. You're, like I, I come out of that and feel like I just I wasn't even I don't even recognize the that person. Right. You definitely have like a tunnel vision. You're not seeing, you're not seeing things logically at all. Right. It's like you're having a conversation in your head with like your worst enemy who's yeah. just like kicking your ass. You know what I mean? Like t- roast battling you inside your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the first time I had them, I was just like. I didn't tell anybody because I was like, I don't want people to freak out. I don't, it's probably nothing. Cause yeah. like we all think about, we all think about suicide in the abstract. Like, of course, I don't think, no, we're all human and death is like something we all think about all the time. And then like, even in just like little moments where you're like, I don't want to go to work today. What if I just slept yeah. forever? Right. <laughs> or like, I don't know. Like if, or someone, like I'd rather die, you know, like yeah. I'd rather kill Right. Or right. if someone says something really mean to you and you're like, well, I bet they'd be sorry if I killed myself. Right. Today. Exactly. But- <laughs> or not. Just, or they're yeah. just assholes. <laughs> but just like everyone has just like stupid, like whatever thoughts, like what if I just jumped into this, the road right now? Right. But I, I, although maybe not everyone feels that way, but like, I feel like most I people have human. had those thoughts. I but think like it's human. the other day I was like driving and I was like, do you ever like, see what if I just ended like it an, right now? Do you ever see like an empty building and you're driving and you're just like, I could just turn or, into this building yes. or like, or when you're on the freeway and there's that wall yeah, divider you're like, and you're like, just, this a, is it. just a two degree turn. And I could Which like, is to me crazy that humans wall. operate these machines. And one day oh, we're going to so be like, scary. I can't believe we handled human error for so long. It's you know so what I mean? Scary. Um, there's so many people on the road who should not be driving. <laughs> you're just going like 80 miles an hour. Mentally ill or not. They just, you know. Yeah. It's insane. But uh, what, what, what I'm saying is it's normal to have those yeah. thoughts. Um, so I was like, maybe it'll pass and like whatever. And they're more intense than usual, but I didn't want to freak anybody out or make them think I was crazy. You right. know, label myself as of crazy. Course. I didn't want them to like, you know, uh, lock me away or whatever they did. I also think that those are those dark thoughts as well. Convincing you not to advocate for yourself. Sure. You know? And I mean, I also like because as a kid I was called like dramatic and emotional and sensitive a lot. I like didn't want right. I felt like if I told like my dad that he'd be like, you're being dramatic right. or whatever. He wouldn't take it seriously. Yeah. And so like I just I just, you know, didn't really I would make what I would do was I would make jokes about it. OK. Like I'd be. Yeah. Like, um, and I would be like, you know, just like, oh, what if I just jumped out this right. window? <laughs> like, you know what I mean, yeah, and I remember being at the day before I did it. I was actually at a party and I was like getting really drunk and I was like talking to one of my friends who knows me very well. And I was just like making jokes about jumping off the balcony. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not going to say anything because I know like humor is how you deal with things. But like, just know that if you ever like need yeah. help, like I'm here. And I was like, ah, oh, no, it's fine. I'm Aww. just joking. And then the next day, like, and another thing is I was drinking heavily the night before. And I will say, I think that's a huge factor as well. Is right. Because it's a downer. Drinking effect. Like every time that I have felt Depressed. suicidal, it's because I've been Absolutely. drinking. Same. Yeah. I wake up even that like I'll have a glass of wine and the next day I'm just like I want to end it all. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like I, in the yeah. moment I'm like oh, I'm just having a glass of wine and then the next day I'm like why do I feel like this? And it chemically makes sense. Yeah. You know. Especially if you're on antidepressants mm-hmm. too. It could be like interacting with that. But um, so that's something I can definitely say if you're uh, feeling depressed is uh, try mix. and try and stay away from alcohol as much as you can. A hundred percent. Now is this all before you? stepped on stage and got into comedy no i i mean it was so i i started taking medication before i started comedy and then i started comedy pretty quickly after that because i was just uh what made you do that take that jump um 
I, I mean, because I was very depressed and that's what I was in. Uh, I was at UCLA and I was planning to go to law school. Um, <laughs> I was studying Girl. Po- political science. Thank God you didn't. <laughs> oh, God, I know. And uh, and I just I decided that that wasn't going to make me happy because at the time I just was so unhappy that I was like, I can't I can't do something that's going to make me unhappy. Like I no ju- matter how much money it'll make you yeah. or people say that it'll make you. Cause was, that's always the, like, that's always the justification for the suffering of law school, which I think there's yeah. so many, that's why there's so many, um, people who become addicted to alcohol and drugs and just like mental ha- lawyers have a lot of mental problems yeah. because it is not worth the money. I don't think. Well, and I was meeting all the people. There are people that enjoy being lawyers. A hundred percent. And those people are meant to be lawyers, meant to be lawyers. And they're not me. Like the more people that I met, like at, you couldn't relate at, to them at UCLA that were like so gung ho and excited about being a lawyer. I like was like, we are completely different people. Yeah, like, I'm never gonna be you. Like the like this isn't gonna make this. But this you know is what's great funny you, is, but- I you know because like I come from a family of lawyers, but it is very similar law and comedy in a sense. Well, I say lawyers are just unfunny comics or people say, yeah. it, but I which I think is true. But they they you have to use similar there's a similar skill set of getting up in front of people storytelling getting people on your side you have to be likable absolutely you know you have to convince people of things that may not even be fucking true and maybe i could have found a certain type of law where i would have been like my my what did you want what what if you could I have really been ju- any lawyer what well, would you like you do? Say, i really wanted to litigate i wanted to be yeah. in a courtroom i wanted a room full of people to listen to me i wanted to make arguments things like that but then i realized that that's so so much of what a lawyer does is not that yeah <laughs> that's only like 10 percent right of it. the preparation and all that shit the that, rest of it is work. just like reading and writing and like preparing and like it's and awful. it's not even funny it's, you can't even be funny because these are people's lives yeah and then like sometimes you just have to like manipulate the and like it just it didn't feel like something that was ever going to make me happy right. so then i and it, and i uh was about to go to florida with some of my friends and we were sitting in an airport bar like talking about it and I was talking about how I wanted to get a tattoo at the time and I was at, and I was like but I would want to get it somewhere where I can hide it because I'd want to look professional like because I'm going to be a lawyer or whatever and then this guy next to me who's got just like two full sleeves was like I'm a lawyer well yeah he was like what do you think I do for a living? And he had like a bunch of music tattoos. So I was like, I don't know, musician. And he was like, well, I, yeah, like I'm in a band. He was like, but he's like, I'm a lawyer. And I was like, oh, and he, and, uh, he was like, look, don't do it. (laughs) And I was like, don't become a lawyer. Don't get tattoos. Don't become a lawyer. And, uh, he's like, get as many tattoos as you want. And he was like, you seem cool. Like, don't do it. You're not going to like it. It'll destroy you. Because we, we had been, we like talked for a little bit. And then he was like, don't do it. Because I was like, I was like, yeah, I've been like kind of doubting it. He was like, if you even have one ounce of doubt, like, don't do it. He was like, if I was paid a penny less, I would not do it. He was like, the money is great. Yeah. He was like, but it's miserable. No. And so like I, I had this whole conversation with him at this airport bar. And like after that, I questioned like everything. Wow. And then on that trip was when I found out that I got into UCLA. Law uh, school or undergrad? Undergrad. Okay. And uh, this was because I transferred from a junior college. From where? From a junior college. Where? From a, um, in uh, Golden West. Which is in, in Col- Orange County. Okay. Yeah. I went to JC as well. Yeah. JC for life. (laughs) It's so smart. You save money if you. Dude. And then you can. The thing about junior college, which I think is brilliant, is like, let's say when you graduate from high school, you're like, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to get this shit out of the way. Exactly. And then you get, you know, because like, I felt like I was too immature at 18. What the fuck do I know? I am such an advocate of going to junior college first to figure your shit out so that you're not wasting money while you're figuring it out. And then once I went to junior college, because like from high school i got rejected from every even the local college that idiots get into yeah they're like no we don't even care if your parents are gonna pay full we don't want you yeah and then i went to junior college and uh i i graduated and i got really good grades and cum laude or whatever which i've never gotten and i got into every single school i applied for like good schools american northeastern with scholarships i was like 
I should have done this this whole time. Yeah. It, and Junior well, everything. I knew what I was doing because I didn't even... Uh, I didn't even take the SATs. I didn't. Oh, man. I, I didn't. I didn't apply to any college. I was like, I'm. I know yeah. I'm going to go to junior college first because I was like, I'm not going to waste money all That's four incredible. years if I can get the same yeah. degree. But um, plus, all those general ed classes are the same everywhere you go. Yeah, you can take them online. Yeah, I mean. Now I would say don't go to college. Fuck yeah, that. for but, sure. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's it's for some people. It's not for everyone. Yeah, just like law sure. school. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And so like after I had that conversation, I was just like doubting everything because I was like, I think he's right. Like, I don't think this is going to make me happy because I was already miserable. And I uh, and then I went to UCLA and I and I was got more miserable. And then I told my mom, like, I don't think law is what I want to do. So now I'm at this college. I don't know what I want to do anymore. I'm studying political science, which is so depressing. And <laughs> and I like I just I was so lost and I started to get even more depressed. It was my first time living away from home, so I like didn't really have like my mom around, which my mom is like my best friend yeah. and like she's someone that I would always talk to and whatever and I didn't really feel like I had anyone to talk to. Like I had my roommates, but they didn't really understand. Right how depressed I, I didn't know that I was depressed right. at the time I just thought like you're just I sucked yeah I don't know you're like this is who like, I am I was like I'm not fun and I'm sad and I just I want to sleep all the time yeah. and that's who I am yeah. <laughs> and like uh which is still how I feel yeah. sometimes but I uh, yeah it was rough. But you're like but I have an awesome personality yeah <laughs> and then uh and I would just like lock myself in my room and watch comedy and then um I I started going on tinder and like just swipe it like that's how you know you're depressed is like when you just go on tw- tinder and you're just like swiping and you're like why am i doing yeah. this and then uh, i do that but with um postmates with- <laughs> like i just look at food like i would look at men oh my god you're just like oh i could i could be eating i put it right in now. no i put it I in be- my cart and it's just there, stored there for it's so funny for months i feel like we all do that with everything like <laughs> online shopping I, I like put like whatever uh i, I could well, i'll be able to afford it's this true. one day one day i liked tinder because i could like swipe left on hot guys and pretend like i was rejecting very them. empowering yeah <laughs> but i i would just like sit in my room in the dark and just like swipe on dudes all day and then one day this guy like messaged me and like said something that made me laugh and then he was he was just like asked me what I like and I was like really just like comedy all I do is sit in my room and watch comedy he's like have you ever been to the comedy store and I was like no and he took me uh that was the one and only person I ever met up with on tinder he took me to the comedy store uh he took me to roast battle wow this is a true story <laughs> he took me to roast battle I hadn't started doing comedy he was like yet. a guardian angel <laughs> yeah we're from still tinder we're still friends like to this day this was like four or five years ago four years ago yeah and we're we're still uh friends but he uh yeah he took me to the comedy store and he uh showed me roast battle and then we went to the or a couple because i kept telling him like i want to go back to the comedy store every date i say yeah. in quotations we have was me just asking him to take me to the comedy store and we would just sit in the or and watch or whatever and um and then he over text one day was like i just want to be friends and then i was really sad <laughs> and uh i uh yeah and so I, I that made me more depressed that like the one guy that was kind of like making me yeah. happy like he was the one that i was hanging out with like i didn't really like have anyone to hang out with or like i was lonely i was sad and he was kind of like pulling me out of it by taking me to the comedy store yeah. all the time but then I realized that it wasn't like I wasn't like in love with him. I was in love with comedy. Right. Like, I just wanted to go to the comedy he brought, store. He led all the you time. here. Yeah. And so uh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> and so that's uh, so cool. Yeah. If you think about it. Right. Because I think there's so many moments in our lives that in retrospect, you don't know the purpose of the person or the situation or why something is happening. Yeah. And then in retrospect, you're like, wow, it's it all makes sense it's it was almost like it was meant to happen that way it's insane to me because I was so sad during that time and I was so like what am I doing and everything I see I felt so lost but it turned out this sounds so cheesy and I'm not even like a lot of my friends are like this the universe Mm -hmm. does this and the stars and but I'm very I'm I'm very anti-cheese but I'm also very tuned into like I believe in that shit I I started because it's like I felt like I felt so lost 
at the time, but it turned out like that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Which sounds so cheesy, but I truly feel that way. And and so then that summer I went to my first open mic in Orange County and I uh, felt like truly after I got off stage, I felt like truly happy. Like I was obviously like, I you got left. Yeah. I was like, I haven't felt this way. Like my, my best friend came with me and I told her, I was like, I haven't felt this way since I can't even remember. Like I yeah. felt giddy. It felt like going on a first date or right. like it was because it was that release. Yeah. You, I had, like, you were holding on to this emotion that you were like, how do I, how do I release this? And I was falling in love with something. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then, but then I was like afraid to go up again. But I was like, when I get back to UCLA, I'm going to find people who do comedy. Cause, um, I told my parents, I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, but finish out your degree. Yeah. Like just so you have it. We get that you, you have your passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way my mom d- called it. Like she referred to it as your comedy. Like she yeah. put it in quotations for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, you know, and they're, they, now I've proven to them mm-hmm. like, okay, this is my career. I've yeah. had a writing job now. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. But, uh, yeah, at the time they were like, okay, that's cute, but get yeah. your degree. Like we want you to be happy, but like also have a backup yeah. plan. And I was like, okay, but just know that like, this is my plan. Yeah. And so I went, when I went back to school my senior year, I was once again miserable because I was like in school, but I knew that's not where I wanted yeah. to be. But I, I remember going to the improv meeting at UCLA and sitting in and everyone was like, this is why I want to do improv. And I they got to me and I was like, so listen, I don't want to do improv. Um, I want to do stand up and I just don't know what to do. And I'm looking for someone else who does that. <laughs> and, uh, they were like, you should talk to this guy, Nathan Mosher. And so they gave me his number and I met this guy who also went to UCLA. His name is Nathan. And he was... He did stay. He was doing like two, three mics a day. He was like really oh, wow. grinding. And um, I think he's back to doing it now. He took a long break because of mental health. But um, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he was like my first friend in comedy. He took me to all the open mics in L.A. And um, just was really supportive. And we just talked about comedy all the time. And um, yeah, I, I felt like pretty happy and I was doing comedy and then um three months in I started dating a comedian oh no (laughs) dun 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 and um what's that like then it started going downhill again yeah um no it was uh you know I I've never dated a comic but I have dated someone who works in comedy and just from hearing how my friend it's like shitting where you eat yeah I mean, I'm doing it again now, so it must have not have been too traumatic. But, but it's also not. It's <laughs> it makes sense. I see why couple like I see why couples forming. I mean, it, it makes perfect. sense. We're together all the time. It makes perfect just, sense. I mean, the schedules like you. It's hard to date a comic if you're not cool with that lifestyle. If you're on the outside, yeah. right? And and it takes someone who has to be like super open minded and understanding. Yeah. To kind of like get involved with someone like us yeah you know so i get why people gravitate towards obviously dating other comics makes sense yeah i yeah i started dating this guy who was living in frank castillo's living room and um (laughs) i lost my virginity to him on an air mattress comedy Uh uh-huh and uh you know i didn't have my car out here he didn't have a car so we just like take the bus places and uh uh have sex in frank's living room and uh Amazing. I thought he was like, <laughs> I thought I was, he was like the love. Of my, I was like, I'm in love with this guy. This is my first time ever being in love. He took my virginity. I was this doing comedy. I was like so happy. And then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, so then like the week before finals, I was about to graduate. Uh, he dumped me and then I found out he cheated on me. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, are you guys not cool? Obviously. No, we we were for a long time. We were friends after for about three years, but we continued to fuck each other all the time until it got so bad that now we are not cool at all and do not talk. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's. But you have to see each other out in the community. Sometimes I don't see him as much okay. anymore, but he's around sometimes. And, it's and you've moved on. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, I just try. It'll to... be fine. You know, the thing about comedy is like you think you're best friends with someone, and then 
give it some time and then you think you hate someone and then give it some time yeah. <laughs> and then and you'll end up being best friends honestly, with your enemies and enemies with your best friends i know? hope one day we're able to be cool right now we're yeah. super not but um it, the thing is i was talking to jeff ross the other day about this and he was like you know if i could give you any advice that's basically what he said he was like you're gonna be around these people for a long time yeah. and like because i was talking about that this person i would have to go on the road we just did like this roast battle tournament thing and there was a scenario where i would have had to go on the road with him it didn't end up happening that way but i was saying i was like if that happens i'm gonna drop out and jeff was like you're gonna not go on the road and do three cities and make twelve hundred dollars and like what you can't and i was like you don't understand it's for my my mental health and he was like listen like you're you might be within one degree of this guy your whole career you might like be around him you have to learn to either ignore him or get along with him yeah because you can't let it ruin opportunities you can't and he's right and the thing is like i don't i don't hate this person yeah it's just hard for me to be around him right now but but jeff ross is right (laughs) you're so you're so talented and like the one thing I'm a little bit older than you and the one thing that I've learned is you guys will be cool one day with time everything just like chills out and like you can't let another person I get the mental health thing like I do but like nothing is ever as bad as it seems because at the end of the day he's got that other person has got to like understand like oh shit you know he's gonna have to put it aside for you too and I think we we were just like very toxic yeah. together and I think like just we need time away to like totally. really separate ourselves from the time that we were right. together or having sex or whatever because um, we just yeah. It, Are you going on the road? I think I brought out the worst in him. I think he brought out the worst in me. Yes, I am but, going on the road but there's gotta with be Keith some- Carey. <laughs> Perfect. But you got some good comedy from it. I did. Yeah, I have a lot of bits about that time in my life um and and yeah it was yeah but at the time you know he had dumped me and I found out he cheated on me and this was the first person that I ever felt like I loved and um and then uh I yeah I did have to see him all the time and then also I was then graduating and oh I also like failed the class right before I graduated so because I was just like yeah out doing comedy all the time and like fucking this guy who i thought i was in love with and i just like wasn't paying attention to school so then i found out that i had to take a class during the summer to like finish out school yeah like when i should have been done forever but i was still like walking i get and graduating or whatever but i still had to finish it so i find out that i like failed a class and i like uh, and like the final was not going to save me. And like, even if it was going to save me, I was so like crushed because he did that the week before yeah. that I couldn't have even focused. Also, there was a shooting on campus like a UCLA a couple days later. Yeah. And uh, and we were on lockdown for like three hours. Holy shit. And I remember just like laying on my floor in my dorm room being like, I hope he comes in here. and yeah. just Kills me right now. <laughs> like I just. I want to die. And then, I volunteer as tribute. Because I, I was like, I'm about to graduate, but like not really. I still have to finish out this class I don't want to do. And and I, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like this comedy thing could work out. Because at that time I was like maybe six months into comedy, right. seven months. In, and I that's was like, such like a fragile time where everyone's telling you everything and trying to like intimidate you. And, yeah, and, and, like, and it's like tell you what your career is going to be. And it's like, yeah. dude, you don't even have a career. So how are you commenting on And mine? you're just like going to open mics and whatever. And I, I was like, I'm just like this open mic comedian. I'm about to graduate, but I don't want to do anything with my degree. Like I don't. What am I going to do with a political science degree if I'm not going to go to law school? Like nothing. And I and I was just like I felt again so lost. Like I just felt like what am I doing? But it also was exactly where you needed to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I didn't see it that way. So then after I graduated and I was um I was back home in Orange County. That's another thing. I was back living at home, so I felt like a loser. And I just like I just started to spiral. And that's when I tried to kill myself. Wow. And because uh, I just felt like I I think honestly, I think throwing myself into that relationship, too, was a way of distracting myself from the fact that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. 
But I was like, oh, well, but if I'm with this person, everything's going to be okay. Right. And then when that was gone, I was like, oh, no, now I have to face. Do you ever, have you ever done that? Have you ever, like, hidden in love? Like, have you ever hidden in, like, a relationship? As someone who has dated mediocre men for 17 years, <laughs> ever since I was 15 consistently, because I don't like to randomly fuck people, so I just, like, get into these yeah. relationships, yeah. as Dan Cook would say, but... um. I hate that I just shouted out Dan Cook, but anyways, no, I, uh, no, but like, that's, I think that was like a lot of what I was doing was instead of focusing on myself, I was always so focused on like dudes because like, like, I thought that's what would make me happy because that's what we're marketed as a kid is like, you got to find someone. If I'm in love, nothing else matters. Nothing, nothing. Everything will be fine. Like never, never worry about working on yourself or your interpersonal skills or your career. Like where's the Disney movie about that? You know what I mean? Like where's the Disney movie about the fucking mentally ill princess who's not focused on men? She's just trying to like (laughs) pursue her dreams, you know? Um, But like, yeah, I think, I think that's um, common for uh, w- women to get into these toxic I mean I uh, so many of my friends are in toxic relationships yeah. especially out in LA there was like that study that people are spending are staying in relationships that they know are toxic for them simply because it's just too expensive and also you know it's hard yeah it's a it's it's hard to face reality and life alone right well and I I just I just kept going back to this person because I became addicted to like the ups and downs I think and addicted to like I mean that was your first love I went through that when I was 19 and it was probably one of my most intense and traumatic relationships well and now I look back and I was like what the fuck were you doing of course like it's humiliating to even think about like there are so many times where if it was one of my friends I'd be like girl Get the fuck. What are you doing? Get your shit together. Like this dude suck. Like I would have been so mad at myself. Right. And I am mad at myself, but you have to forgive yourself for that because it happens to everyone. And no, you got really great mm-hmm. comedy from that. I did. You know, I and and to be honest, like I don't regret. There were a lot of things that that relationship taught me. And there were a lot of things that that person taught me. And I, I do think there were. Yeah, I learned a lot from it. You got to have these relations. I think, I mean, people are like, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't need to promote these talks. You got to learn. You have to have something to compare it to. You have to have experience and you have to develop a thick skin. And in order to recognize red flags, you have to experience them for yourself. How else are you to know? you know someone is a is not right for you other yeah. than to like try everything and it brings out like you learn what maybe some of your toxic mm-hmm. qualities are like it takes two to of make course. that explosive of a like you have to learn like okay what was i doing to escalate this what was and you really have to think about it and as long as you're learning from it then you can move on and have better relationships in the future now are you sober Will i'm you not do, no not, you don't you're not sober no you drink I do. Yeah. and do you smoke at all uh sometimes i don't do it that often uh i think because i i'm already so chill low energy all the time like i already just want to sleep and sit on the couch all day like i don't need help doing that love it um (laughs) so like i feel like my like everyone looks at me and thinks i'm high all the time like you do you do look like a step like you i would look at you like she definitely probably smokes weed yeah i don't know like because and i see it in every like youtube video people are like that girl is high as i love fuck. it and i'm like no i'm not like because i'll just like sit there with this dumb look on my face and just stare off into space because <laughs> i'm just already such like a, a like a space case all yeah. the time like I'll, a cadet yeah i get so like in my head and i just like think about stuff and go to different places and people are like hello yeah. and i'm just like oh sorry what yeah like how high are you i'm like nope this is nope. just me baby I love it. <laughs> just me. so like if i if i do smoke weed i pro- like i usually just go to sleep right so it like it doesn't and i've tried like to because i know i i have lately it's weird because my whole life i've been like a depressed person yeah and within like the last couple years that's gotten a lot better but i have started to experience anxiety for the first time okay and so like people are like oh you got to smoke weed that'll help that Mm. but i don't know that it will do you do any exercise no and i definitely should oh my god i i dragged uh sarah weinshank and chelsea skidmore to 
this class that my friend Pete Sirs, who's also that a just sounds like the hottest group of people. Oh my god, working you should out, come because it's called. <laughs> I'd it's be at so intimidated to work called, out with you guys. No, you guys are like the oh hottest. We're so non-judgmental, and like it's it's like fun because it's it's all women. I mean, it's like an all women exercise class, and then uh-huh. our friend, who's like a comedian, teaches it. You should come with us. It's for me. I don't even care to like my. I want to feel good mentally, yeah. and there's nothing that like makes me feel like that no weed no drug or whatever and it lasts all day and like the one thing about exercising is like shit will go wrong but like I don't even feel those like the the, the like heaviness of it it's like oh and it like it like it goes in and out you know what yeah. I mean so you should come with us sometime I'll, I'll you should come I okay. think I think what we, kind of workout it's not is it? it's not like it's challenging like it's like circuit it's not mm-hmm. like cart. You're not like running on a treadmill, but like you're doing squats and like okay. light weights and that things stuff. like toning. And it's like a. Dude, I want an ass. Girl, come to model. I just fit. want an I'm ass. Telling you. <laughs> it's all. It's all about like. It's all you know for women catered towards like female yeah. bodies or whatever. That's cool. Um, but I'd be down. Yeah, you should. I'm trying to get because I think on it because it's the best thing. It helps with sleep and mood and just feeling better I definitely need it because that is what I've been having trouble with recently is sleeping and anxiety and uh, well anxiety it's mostly social and that's the worst when you're a comedian because you're just like I'm the worst at it it's I went to a party on Sunday and like you're supposed to be able to enjoy yourself and then go home and be like that was fun but instead I go home and just analyze every single conversation I can't believe I I said that I can't believe what what did she mean by that that person thinks I'm weird probably like why was it, I probably talked to this person too long. They probably didn't want to talk to me that long. Like, what I'm was I doing? so awkward in social situations, which you would think, like, as comedians, like, we're good at talking to people. No. But, like, I'm not, I don't. I'm en- good at talking at people. Right. I don't <laughs> enjoy, I'm not, like, you'll never catch me being, like, I want to be a social butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I just want to get up and go out and talk to people. Like, that's not, I don't know. I just. I like observing. Yeah. I like watching people and observing yeah. them and picking them apart, honestly. Absolutely. No, I thoroughly enjoy just sitting in a corner during a party and, and, and people think you're like not having a good time. They'll sit like, especially dudes will like sit next yeah. to you and be like, why aren't you having a good time? Like, why aren't you like, you whatever. You don't even know. Like, I'm having the best I'm time I'm having a really good time, head. like <laughs> wa- just watching all of this happen because it's a way of like feeling like you're a part of it without having to like. I think that would be kind of like a fu- like a funny it's just like a almost like porn for people like us as watching people at parties just making yeah. fools of themselves like dudes trying to hit on chicks chicks trying to hit on dudes doing drugs and alcohol just like watching people try yeah. and be social. Well, and that's the problem too is I sometimes I'll try and use alcohol to deal with my social anxiety. Like I'm like, <sighs> "Oh, I'll just have a drink or two and that'll loosen me up." But then and th- but then I usually end up like whatever at my own birthday party. I just vomited everywhere and got kicked Last out of the bar at, on Saturday. Oh, at the black bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted. I had a show and I was like, I wonder I should have came by. But like Which, black bar. Is- that's only the second time I've ever thrown up while drunk. Really? Yeah. That's I don't, huge. I don't really get that drunk. I feel like on your birthday, you know, you can get a pass for that. Yeah. But like past like late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was telling, uh, I was telling like one of the writers from Astorvaros about it the next day, and he was like, "Well, happy 18th birthday!" Oh, like, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I, it was bad. I had it. I didn't eat all day, and I was just everyone was buying me drinks, and I like refused to refuse any of them, and that's so I was where, just like downing where, all of them. You got to eat, yeah, when you're drink. So wait, are you? Do you currently take? You currently take medicine right now? Yeah, yeah, and you still drink on it. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't, and I know I shouldn't. Does, it, does your does it say that I shouldn't? Like, is it specifically? I mean, for I, this medication, like you shouldn't drink. Because I will say, like, when I took all these medications, so a lot of them were like, "Yeah, you shouldn't drink on it," but I still consumed, and I realized like I could have died. Oh, really? Well, I don't think it's a thing where you could die, but I think it definitely it d- makes it not as effective. Is that why they tell you? Because it's the effective level, not I, because it'll I, stop your heart? It probably whatever? depends on what medication yeah. you're on. Right now, I'm just on Prozac. Okay. And I think, like, that you're good to drink. I just, like, it yeah. It could lessen the effects of it. And, you know, again, it's a downer. And 
Would you fi- do you say would you would you find Prozac to be helpful? Oh, absolutely. It's been the best for me. Uh, of How everything. long have you been on it? Um, maybe a like a year now, maybe even longer, maybe two years. How long when you t- when you started taking it? Did you notice that it was working? Um, like a month, three weeks to a month, probably, and. And then what, what did you notice? What, you know, what really helped was I, I didn't even realize this is that because I also realized that every time things got really, really bad, it was right before my period. And I hate yeah. to admit that, but that sounds like so like, it's no, sound, but there there is um something called PMDD. PMDD. I have it. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you two weeks, two weeks, two weeks out of the month. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a dope person. And then t- the other two weeks, I'm like, who the fuck is this cunt? Yeah. <laughs> she should be locked up until she stops bleeding it's and PMSing. Crazy. It's like, like chemicals. Because it's all the chemicals and the hormones. And it's like, you know, that's what all that shit is up yeah. there. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I get really suicidal around my period. Absolutely. every I realized that every time that I got that way, it was around my period mm-hmm. also. And... I expressed that to my psychiatrist and she was like, oh, yeah, totally. And so she, I double my dosage two weeks out of the month. Really? Yeah. So like, so for two weeks you go up Mm -hmm. and then for two weeks you go back down. Yep. And you find that to be like when you get your period, are your, are your emotions as surface? Like are you, or they're more manageable because of the. They're definitely, it's, I mean, I still I, I'm still definitely way more emotional, but I don't get to the point that I used to. Like, I that used to be the type points where I was, like, at my lowest, like, spiral. Do you it ever... Helps a lot. Were you ever concerned that the medication would affect your, create like, your, like, your creative... Not your creativity, but how witty and quick and not, funny you are? Not the antidepressants, because when I got to a point where I was so depressed, I mean, that... You can't that affected yeah. like I I couldn't I wouldn't even go to a mic like I was just so me being uh on it's antidepressants because, because, that was your depression was so debilitating that like at that point yeah. you needed a medication it helps when I'm feeling better yeah. um the one that I was concerned about was when I was diagnosed with ADD because that's what I did I went into my psychiatrist and I it was uh, after it was after like my second time having suicidal thoughts and I went in to talk about my depression and what to do about it. And after like five seconds of talking to me, I was like, yeah, my depression. Blah, blah. And he was like, have you ever been tested for ADD? <laughs> and I was like, what? No. Yeah. And, and he was like, I want to test you for that. And I was like, uh, that's fine. But like, I'm more concerned about like addressing my depression. And he was like that, like some of the symptoms of ADD can emulate depression yeah. and bipolar um like uh like the need for like adrenaline like if you go and like drink a lot or you go and shop like the need for that like high yeah. high or whatever like uh it's that can be ADD and then also like uh like a lack of focus energy like sleeping all the time like can also be that so he's like I want to test you so he did I took the Tova test mm-hmm. or whatever and I tested positive for it and that was the medication Adderall that I was afraid was going. I was like, maybe my ADD is what makes me so creative. Because you hear about like right. children with ADD being more like le- less focused and less like school oriented, but being more creative. That was me. I was diagnosed when I was five. And so like, I was like, will that affect like my ability to do comedy? And he was like, no, I think it'll make you more focused and more. And so you take Adderall every day as well? Uh, well, I did. I don't. I try not to because yeah. I. I take it when I have like a full day of writing, writing. to do or something like that. Do you if, find it makes you irritable? Yes. <laughs> do you find the come down is awful? Um, I don't know about the come down being awful, but it definitely makes me angry. I'm so angry on Adderall. Yeah. And and also um it speeds up my timing on stage. Right. Like um, Coke. You're, yeah. you're you're I mean you're methed out technically. Yeah. So I don't like to take it, but when I was in a writer's room, it was a godsend. Amazing. It was, uh, my focus because the first because I had stopped taking it for a while because I didn't want to be on it and then when I started my job the first week I was just so like unfocused I was just like yawning and like w- couldn't like yeah it was it was really rough and then I was like maybe I should get back on 
Adderall. And so I like went and refilled my prescription and I got back on it. And then immediately it was just like 10 times better at my job. And it was wow. like great. Um, so it definitely like, I definitely have ADD like bad enough to affect if I'm in like a work environment, yeah. but I don't like to take it every day unless I, I really have something I need to focus yeah, on. Yeah, that's fair. Because the side effects are like, I can get like really irritable. I forget to eat <laughs> Dude, <laughs> for I'm sure. I'm telling you. It's like, it makes me like kind of nauseous sometimes. I get the like, it'll all like grind my teeth. Like yeah. at, at night, like I can wake up and my jaw will be sore. Oh, and like it I definitely gave, affects like a, my sleep. Yeah. That's something. And anxiety, like a anxiety and well, sleep. Well, often like when I, the last time I had an Adderall prescription, because it affected my anxiety as well, they gave me a Xanax prescription. And here I am. Now I'm back into this like vicious cycle. Adderall of, like, and Xanax. Adderall it's and Xanax. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. I got, uh, I, they prescribed me Ativan. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, and I'm like, I don't want to be on all these pills. So like I stick to Prozac mostly, but if I am in like a work environment where I really need to focus, I will go back on Adderall. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, this is, uh, this has been such a cool. Yeah. We went through a lot of stuff. I know. I feel feel like I I could literally (laughs) talk to you for hours. Um, I think you're so fucking cool and so funny. And I know you're going to be like the so huge and i mean you already are but like even bigger and um yeah i just like i i like can't wait to see all that you do like i'm such a fan thank you yeah and um i what's coming up like what what do you want to promote um maybe not dates but like uh because i don't know when this will get released okay well most importantly i have my podcast which rachel has been on um it's called screw ups um, I do it with uh, my co-host, Jesse Johnson, and we uh, interview comedians and our friends about their biggest screw ups in life. And me and Jesse just talk about ways we are screwing up all the time. And um, it's just I, I love it. We talk a lot about mental health as well. Yeah. But um, it's just a lot of like, you know, we all screw up and then we get through it and everything's fine. And it's usually pretty funny because people do some dumbass shit and uh, it's, it's great. And then some is just, yeah, about times in their life where they were really lost and they got through it. And so it's always really fun. Um, and uh, it's really important to me. I love the podcast. If you guys could listen to it and subscribe, that would be great. Definitely. And then what about social? Oh, uh, at Nicole Buchanan on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, N-I-C-O-L-E-B-E-C-A-N-N-O-N. Oh my gosh. You're awesome. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. And this has been another episode of Chronic Relief. Thank you to our sponsors, Top Tree at Top Tree on Instagram. Follow me, Wolfie Comedy, Wolfie Memes. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.